Thank you, Rich. Appreciate your ministry to us very much this morning. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. But this is the covenant that I will make. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. Jim was 16 years old and he had only been driving for a few months. Yet his parents had already paid for two speeding tickets. Then came the inevitable letter from the insurance company telling them that their premium rates were going to be raised through the roof. After supper that evening, Jim Jim's folks told them that, uh, that it was time to talk. And his mother began the conversation. She says, Jim, we seem to have a problem here. We know we, you want to be able to drive the car, and we certainly want you to. But we need you to understand how important it is for you to obey the speed limits. And Jim's father continued, he said, your mother and I have talked about this and we have agreed to allow you to continue to drive our car if, a <laughs> big little word, if you agree not to speed again. Are you willing to do that? Yes, indeed. Yeah, you bet. And mom handed Jim a sheet of paper. And she says, we thought that this was important enough for us to put this agreement into writing so that it is absolutely clear to everyone. She handed Jim the piece of paper on which there were two sentences. We agree to let Jim use our car. Beneath were his mom's and his dad's signatures. And the second sentence read, I agree not to break any speed limits while I'm driving the car. Below was a place for Jim to sign where he did so eagerly. <laughs> Two weeks later, sure enough, Jim got another speeding ticket. And needless to say, his parents were upset highly disappointed in him. They had tried to engender a serious agreement with their son, but it hadn't worked. What should they do? What could they do now? So Jim's folks had another sit down with him right after that latest ticket. And this time Jim knew he knew that he was in serious trouble. His father produced the agreement they had all signed just a few weeks before. And without uttering a word, he tore it into pieces. He looked at Jim and he said, this agreement obviously didn't work. So your mother and I have decided we're going to make a new 
agreement with you. We're not going to write this down, so listen closely. He already was. The new agreement is this. We're going to let you drive our car. And you're going to agree not to speed. What? Jim was dumbfounded. He couldn't believe what he was hearing. His father had just said the exact words that were on that contract that he had just torn up and thrown away. The one that Jim had broken. What's going on here? What's going on? Jim's mom tried to explain. Jim, she said, we love you. We really do believe that you're a good kid. And so we're going to forget about those speeding tickets and we're going to pay the fine for this new one. Whoa. Then we're going to forget about that too. What makes this a new agreement, she said, is that we believe you'll keep your promise this time. You've messed up, she said, and we've forgiven you. We hope that in the process, you have come to a better understanding of how much we love you. Thus, we hope that this will make a difference in how you view your relationship with us and thus how you act from now on. We expect that you will keep this new agreement not because you're supposed to, but because you want to. Jim sat there in stunned disbelief. This was just too good to be true. Well, in some ways, this story is similar to the situation described in today's reading from the prophet Jeremiah. A very important agreement, a covenant, had been made on Mount Sinai several hundred years before between the Hebrew people and Yahweh, their God. In it, Yahweh had promised to take care of and to provide for Israel, and they promised to follow God and live according to God's commandments that he had given him them through Moses there on Mount Sinai. But just like Jim, Israel had ignored the Sinai covenant. They'd broken their promises, not once, but time and time again. The agreements that God had attempted to make with God's people just hadn't worked. There are consequences to inappropriate behavior. And when those words of Jeremiah were recorded, God's people were in captivity in Babylon. Their homeland, Jerusalem, their temple lay in ruins. It seems that their string had just about run out and that Yahweh, their God, had it with their rebelliousness and their disobedience. And yet, and yet, 
That's always the gospel, isn't it? And yet, in those days of utter defeat and devastation, Jeremiah came to the Hebrew, the Israelite people with a word from God. The days are coming when I will make a new covenant with you. Not like that covenant I made with you uh, all those years ago with your ancestors when I took them by the hand and led them out of slavery in Egypt. A covenant that they broke, by the way. But this is the new covenant that I'm going to make. I will put my law within them. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God. They shall be my people. Some would say that covenant was ratified when Babylon was overthrown by the Persians in 522 BC and Cyrus the conqueror allowed his people to uh, the Jews to return home to Jerusalem a home as John Denver sang what 50 years ago coming home to a place they never most of them at least had never been before and there they were to rebuild their homes their lives the walls of the city of Jerusalem and their beloved temple. And they knew at that point in their history that only God could be behind an event that astounding. And of course, God was. But ultimately, it made little difference. Israel continued in their rebellious ways and we're forced to wonder, did God actually believe that his people would really change? That they were honestly going to try to do things God's way instead of their own? Did God believe that? Probably no more than Jim's parents did. When a month or so after their new agreement, Jim was clocked at 72 in a 35. Yeah. What you reckon to find on that would be, Gary? <laughs> Substantial, right? Mm hmm. 72 in a 35. And this time, his mom and dad had no real choice. They took his keys from him. They sold his smartphone and his PlayStation in order to pay his fine. Talk about punishment. Whoa. Jim had proved that he just wasn't mature enough to operate a motor vehicle in the same sane and safe and responsible manner, and thus his folks treated him accordingly. You know, whether we're thinking about it this way or not, we are all party to covenants of one form or another in one way or another. When we buy a house or a car, we sign a purchase or a sales agreement, which is basically a covenant. Insurance policies, oaths of office, treaties between nations, even marriage are all covenantal agreements. When we join the church, there it goes again, 
or accept the love of God into our lives in any number of ways, we're entering into a covenant agreement with the Almighty. God takes the initiative in these relationships, always has, always will. All we can really do then is to respond to what God has done, to what God is doing on our behalf. You shall be my people and I will be your God. But the privilege of being God's people comes, as all privileges do, with certain responsibilities. Namely, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, our soul, some say mind, some say might, and strength, and to love our neighbors as ourselves. That's the law that God has written on our hearts. That's what he was talking about. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. You know as well as I that when we travel with children, y'all have yet to experience this, but the day is coming. When we travel with children, whether it's a trip across town or on a a journey of several hours duration, it is inevitable that the question will arise, are we there yet? (laughs) It's a question that arises in other circumstances as well. And Jeremiah's words to the Jews in exile are an occasion for us to raise the question that the kids raise in our cars, are we there yet? I don't have to tell you that the past year has been an extremely difficult one for all of us in a million ways. It's a year that has been for us, if we're paying attention, a constant reminder of our own brokenness, of the brokenness of our nation, of our denomination, if not the church itself, the brokenness of the world. It just seems we keep on getting in our own way. We've hurt one another. We have allowed our selfishness to put those near us in danger. We continue to harm the world in which we live. We point fingers. We shrug our shoulders. We turn our backs on our neighbors and our God. However, However, ranks right up there with, and yet, okay? However, even today in the midst of a worldwide plague of a nation and a denomination deeply divided, even in times such as these, maybe especially in times such as these, God gives us chance after chance to get it right. 
just as God did to and for the Jews who were soon to return to Jerusalem. Jeremiah comes through the pages of Holy Scripture to us today, holding out the promise of a new day, of a new and revitalized relationship with the Lord our God. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. Well, I will make a new covenant with Israel and with Judah when I will make a new covenant with the church of Jesus Christ in this modern age. I believe that. And I believe that if we let him, God can and will use these terrible experiences of 2020-21 to write God's law upon our hearts once more. You see, folks, God still wants to be our God. God continues to invite us to be God's people. It's quite literally a relationship that's made in heaven. And it's ours for the taking if, there's that big little word again, if we only follow through and allow God to bless us in the ways I believe with all my heart God wants to bless us. So in answer to the child's question, are we there yet? The answer is obviously no, we're not there yet. We've still got a long, long way to go. But during this holy season, I hope that we can each examine our own lives, our hearts, and that we can affirm once again the love, our love for God, even as we accept one more time God's incredible love for us. May this be our Lenten journey. Amen. And amen.